Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, my name is Dr. Christina Finch, and I'm at the University of California, San Diego, where I'm a clinical sleep physician in addition to being on the faculty. Today, we're going to review how to identify residual excessive daytime sleepiness and obstructive sleep apnea. So first of all, what is excessive daytime sleepiness? So this is the the definition, inability to stay awake and alert during the major waking episodes of the day, resulting in periods of irrepressible need for sleep or unintended lapse into drowsiness. So this can vary in severity. Some can feel it coming. Others have kind of sleep attacks where they're taken off guard. And this is different from fatigue, where it often gets confused, where fatigue is a lack of energy, either mental or physical, versus prone to sleepiness or or feeling like you're going to fall asleep. So ways that we evaluate subjectively in the clinic is with the Epworth sleepiness scale. So this is considered the gold standard uh, self-reported scale for likelihood of dozing off or falling asleep in eight situations of daily life. As you can see on the right, this is designed to distinguish normal subjects from patients who may have more um, elevated concerns for daytime sleepiness. The scores range from 0 to 14. Um, You can see the ranking system on the right there, and over 10 total on the scoring system is considered abnormally sleepy. So for objective evaluations of excessive daytime sleepiness, we typically reserve these when we're more concerned for narcolepsy or idiopathic hypersomnia, but in rare instances when someone has obstructive sleep apnea, these could also be considered for further evaluation. The multiple sleep latency test is where we time someone in the laboratory for physiologic tendency to fall asleep, both in how long it takes them to fall asleep and if they reach REM sleep during any of the short nap opportunities provided. So anything less than eight as a mean sleep latency or one or more uh, REM periods reached during those naps is considered pathologic for either, either narcolepsy or idiopathic hypersomnia. And for a maintenance of wakefulness test, this typically often isn't used clinically much, but similarly, we give them opportunities to stay awake, this time in the lab, and see if they do fall asleep or if they're able to maintain their wakefulness for these kind of boring periods in the lab. So what is residual excessive daytime sleepiness in obstructive sleep apnea? So this is the persistent subjective feeling of being sleepy despite optimal treatment of their sleep apnea. Most patients with sleep apnea use the CPAP machine, but there are other treatment modalities that can be tested to make sure they're adequately treated. So we like to confirm that the patient has had at least three months of adequately treated sleep apnea. With CPAP, this means looking at their data download and making sure they're getting enough use with the device and also making sure they're sleeping. Ideally, seven to nine is required for most adults and that they don't have any residual sleep apnea above the threshold of five on their data report and that there's no significant mask leak appreciated because all of these can detract from their treatment. For other causes of sleepiness, we want to make sure that we aren't missing anything else, such as insufficient sleep, other medical or psychiatric comorbidities that might be contributing to daytime sleepiness, or the side effects of any medications that they may be taking. And then also ruling out any other type of sleep disorder with those tests we talked about on the last slide. So secondary causes, we want to make sure that other sleep problems aren't arising, like circadian rhythm wake disorders, um, sleep-related movement disorders like REM behavior disorder, or periodic limb movement. 
So in summary, it's important to incorporate the use of the upward sleepiness scale in routine clinical practice as an easy way to monitor for residual daytime sleepiness in patients who are compliant with treatment for OSA for a minimum of three months. It's also important to rule out non-OSA causes of daytime sleepiness when considering therapy for residual daytime sleepiness in sleep apnea. Persistent subjective sleepiness despite adequate amounts of sleep and optimal treatment of their sleep apnea and other known causes of sleep disorders should not be ignored. And this is, would be a good time for you to send them on to sleep medicine. Thank you for joining me and learning more about excessive daytime sleepiness and sleep apnea. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative. GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.